0: This is Jan Cox, talk number 2580, recorded September 20th, 2000. Why does not the fact that people cannot be talked into anything cause widespread coming to your full senses? That is, why does it not cause people worldwide to awaken? I guess I just read senses one page and then go back. You ought to be able to be making sense of it anyway, though. Number two. How is it that self-proclaimed seekers of the truth never realize that they have no ability to distinguish whatever the truth may be from anything else? Number three. What is it in the organization of thought that keeps it from a simple seeing into the nature of its own operations? The mind says that it is malleable and open to change. And in fact is adamant in this regard. Does no one's thoughts ever wander into the area of irony and suspect that there might be something normally unnoticed that is instructive therein? If there is a truth hidden from your routine mental view, and if some other human knows what it is, how can it ever be conveyed to your mind and be accepted by your thinking, since if such was possible, it would already be apparent and known to you? Consider head-on and unblinkingly what I noted at the outset. People cannot be talked into anything, even into accepting, quote, the truth, whatever that turns out to be, according to them. Can you, can you, can you not see that in your own head there are certain thoughts that are constantly trying to talk other thoughts into something? Of course, if you are dozing, you picture it as your no better self, attempting to improve your lesser self. But by now, thanks to my harping on it, you see quite readily through that illusion a what? So not only is it in the first instance salient insanity to go along with the idea that when presented with the quote truth, people can be talked into accepting it if necessary. Ponder that that an even deeper foolishness of you without challenge allowing certain thoughts in your own mind to believe that they not only know the greater truth that will benefit the rest of your thinking, but that they can talk the others into accepting it. Here we have a most astounding case of the blind attempting to lead those actually too stupid to walk. The great liberation equals give it up. It's interesting to read something I wrote two days ago. It's different if I write it and I'm down here reading it two hours later. The passion of it being written, having been written, still fresh, still losing in my blood. But this I read and I think, my God, who wrote that? What does it mean? (laughs) And yet here I stand, about to humiliate myself. I have to pretend that, of course, notice, think I'm not slick at all. I hate to brag. I go through all of this, so you do kill time, and we think, what the hell does this mean? What can I say? You know, I think it's about time to come clean. It's, <laughs> con- confession must be good and refreshing, so I'm stumped. Tonight, I'm just stumped. I look at it. Of course, God, if that were only true, does anybody understand? If you could, by now, I'll, speak, I'll say me, but i assume you're the same, that I could pick this up. I could have picked this up by mistake. What if it's something that somebody gave me? What if it's, I don't know what it is, and I started reading it and realized I didn't write this. And what if I decided it was too embarrassing, which I said I did, and it, it just showed I was so damn asleep at the time I wrote something, walked out, couldn't even pick up what I wrote, picked up something else I've never even seen before. Don't even know where it came from. So what if I'd started and thought, how humiliating. I mean, it's worse than knocking over a cup of coffee here or something. And I thought to myself, well, I just can't admit it, so I'll keep on. So if it was in my house, surely maybe it has some mystical connotation, or to tell you the truth. I hate to brag, but I could just about read anything I picked up. Just about anything. A comic book a page out of a romance novel. And if it gave me at least a page worth of material, I could come up. No real problem. I could come up with a metaphorical, our kind of interpretation of it. Trust me. (laughs) But still, wouldn't it be great if some of you laughed at the right time a few minutes ago. Wouldn't it be great if it were true that I'd picked up something I'd never seen and read it? And contrary to normally me just going ahead and talking anyway, it doesn't really matter. That if I said or it struck me, I'm stuck. Somebody slipped in a page from uh, Candide, from Gulliver's Travels, from a Superman comic book. There's a page out of a script of a Long Ranger radio show from 1944. Anything like that, I could read, and I could say, all right, that's very interesting. Let me tell you what the molecular structure in someone's cortex, the kind of molecular activity it was the molecule's the response for human thinking were, of course, metaphorically, the people who wrote it didn't understand what they were doing. They were just writing a little script. I got a page here This Long Ranger just wrote into town, evidently, and asked what happened to the filing claim of the poor prospector that was shot. And someone says, filing claim? What filing claim? And I could stop right there and go, let me tell you what that represents. I just made that up. But right now, I'm tempted to go do that. I'm tempted to take off. <laughs> People out prospecting, and well, we know what that represents: is a man's mind attempting to get deeper into itself to find the treasure. And now the Lone Ranger comes into town because he found the man, the old prospector, dead out there on the road. And he comes in because he had already heard the rumor was around that the prospector had finally hit it rich and was on his way into town to file the claim to protect his discovery. And they find his body. And I say, is that now what happens to us? We die. We. We are prone to give up when you're actually on the way to the essayer's office to establish once and for all a more awakened consciousness. And at the last moment, just on the outskirts of town, you let circumstances shoot you down. God, I like it. You knew I could do it. So, back to where I was, though. What if I had picked up something like that and read it? And then as I was kidding, when I started, I said, hey, I'm, I'm not going to fake it. I'm going to finally come clean and tell you the truth. I don't know what the hell to say about this. And I said, God, if that were only true. And a couple of you laughed in the right place, but for the rest of you, what I was saying, wouldn't it be, if you still don't get it, if it was a rhetorical question to myself, God, wouldn't that be great if it were true that I picked up something and read it and went, well, I don't know what to say about it. Because... If that were the case, I would probably, I'm just guessing, be more awake than I have ever been in my life. Well, I'd be as awake as I have ever been, even during those extraordinary times that are beyond my day-to-day state of consciousness, let's say. But at those times you have nothing to say, nothing to say. So the point is, again, to show you how far removed. This sort of thing is, at least in my view of it, my lifetime of it, from everyone else. Everyone else would consider it to be humiliating. They would consider it to be a failure, especially if they present themselves in some way as being a public speaker that would get up periodically, not even as much as me, but would get up in front of a group of people and talk about some subject. It wouldn't matter what. And if one time they picked up the wrong page or picked up something that they had written two or three months ago, and, and read it and couldn't really remember what they had in mind, what the passion of the moment was, they would consider it to be an abject failure for them to reach a point that they could not think of anything to say on the subject. <laughs> and I'm saying it's just the opposite <laughs> with us. If it's the point that you heard something, not just you reading something you understand, because most of you have already had those kind of experiences anyway, but you hear somebody else say something. Anything. You hear it said. And you got no thought about it. You hear exactly. Your, you heard what they said. You can almost read minds, like people dream. In other would you hear somebody say words. You not hear the words. If there was anything else going on, you hear the machinery of their brain working. If there was some so-called unspoken message in it, it's just clear as hell. You just read people. You just see through everybody. Not in some devious way, and you don't feel superior. It's just everything is clear as hell. It says right there in front of you, like it's always been. But now you're not thinking about it. And so that is the very thing. That if your mind would stop, it would just stop. I shouldn't put it that way. I still don't know how to do that. I don't think it's possible. It's not a matter of it stopping. It's a matter that you're you're still conscious, but the thought is not playing that mechanical just running of thought. It is it's just simply not in the same position. It does not bear the same relationship to what's going on in your consciousness. So where everybody else would see a failure. Well, I just read that. by accident I picked up the wrong paper. I don't know how I wrote this. And I, I went ahead and read it to this group of people who came to hear me speak on stamp collecting or bird watching. And I got through reading it. And I thought, you know, those are my words, I guess. But I could not think of I was stumped. It was the worst day of my professional career. I was humiliated. But from our view... Well, from my view, it should be your view. Success is just the opposite. That kind of failure is success. But notice, see, I admitted. I stood here and admitted I failed. Because I got through reading this and started out joking like, well, I, I, two days ago I wrote this and I'm not sure what the purpose was. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Of course, I've been funny. I said, so I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know what to say about it. But notice see, I failed. Because what? That's been 15 minutes ago. I've been talking non-stop since then. So I did not succeed. I threatened to. I su- Facetiously, I said, I don't know what to say. That's when all this hit me. I thought, I know. I can talk about it. i talk about the fact that I don't know <laughs> what to talk about. I'll talk about the fact that I said, oh, I don't know what to say about this. Nobody gets it. See, I failed twice. I had two, well, I had two opportunities to succeed. One is, I read it, and this is the truth, by the way. Whatever the hell that is, I just said that. This is the truth. I recall, because I always do, but anyway, I recall that Monday, uh, I was still writing this about 7 o'clock. Well, it only took me probably five or ten minutes, one page, but I wrote this, and still, there was a kind of passion. Of what I had seen. And the certain way I saw it. And the certain way I wrote this. And tonight. I do not feel it. When I read it. It was lacking. You notice how I stumbled over it. The passion was not there. So there was the opportunity. Instead of me joking. Was to get through reading it. And I did tell you of course. I wrote it two days ago. And I could have said well. No I just talk about something else. Uh, This just doesn't strike me right now. This is. It just doesn't. It does not seem to be, to me, what I should be talking about. In other words, I don't really, immediately, I'm not inspired to say anything about this that might be useful. That was my first chance to succeed. Did I take it? (laughs) See, as I said, I was just reading today about how good confession is supposed to be. (coughs) And I was also considering. I keep reading about these movie stars and people who brag. No, Woody Allen. Somebody bragged. I saw some quote that he had spent over a million and a half dollars in his lifetime on analysis, and he bragged. And so I thought, with well, Jesus, what am I missing? I never talk to anybody. I never confess anything. I never ask for advice. I never seek anyone's counsel. So there it was. I was already had it in mind. Just read about it today. and was thinking about it. So there was my chance to confess and go, I don't know what to say about this. And then maybe, I can't guarantee this. In fact, I'm being funny. I can't guarantee this, but if I had said that, perchance one of those extraordinary states or some small version might have come upon me to reward me for being so honest that my mind may have gone partially blank. I don't believe, I'm just guessing. Well, I have basis for it. But I don't believe that I would have actually fallen into immediately one of those extraordinary anomalistic states of consciousness. But I'm saying it would have been worth a try that if I had said, I do not know what to say, and if I had laid down the paper and maybe tried to look a little chagrined, or just tried not to say anything else and just stood here, I feel like there was some opportunity that the God somewhere, I mean, surely somebody, after all those tales, somebody died for my sins. I just don't know which one it was. That one of those mythical gods would have rewarded my attempt, to be honest. And I said, well, I'm not sure what to say. I'll, ta- I'll bring this up sometime later because the passion with which I wrote it two days ago is momentarily lost to me and if I had just stopped there and refused to say anything I don't know, 30 seconds maybe <laughs> if I just stood here I'm just saying there's a chance that some kind of mythical metaphysical guide or force somewhere might have noticed and went well he's trying and it might have sent down just a small version and just sort of partially blanked my mind to where I maybe had tried to talk a little bit or just maybe stumbled around Maybe finally, I could have even faked like, you know, I, don't, I hadn't been feeling well, maybe. maybe. Maybe we should break off early. Of course, then they might have really rewarded me. But then there's also this. If I was them, I'd think, that's pretty skanky behavior. That's, you know, you're letting your own thoughts pussy whip you. How dare you give in like that? Which, of course, is what happened. That's what I was cursing. That was the failure. I didn't give in. Read it. It was as though, you know, what the hell is this? Didn't know what to say, but now it's been 20 minutes, 22 minutes into it. And I'm still talking. You're still sitting there. Did anybody notice I wrote it for the public consumption? I just threw it in. It wasn't a full topic. I've been aiming to do it with these. On my daily features. Any explanation is as good as any other. It's just one of those. And came to me, and as I keep saying, when it first came to me, I thought, boy, I can't wait to tell all my friends, all the, the group about that. Because I just know that as soon as they hear it, half of them are going to fall down. And that dozing, distracted, confused state is going to split open. They're going to achieve awakening on the spot. Any explanation is as good as another. I couldn't speak as I see it. Now I'll leave it to you to judge what that's worth. But as I see it, I don't know how I could speak more reality in one sentence. And bearing directly on what we're staying here doing. Of course, you're sitting there, you lazy bastards. I'm standing here to what we're doing. Is any explanation as good as another? Why would I even bother to write something? Almost every time that we meet, I write something. Sometimes many pages. And I write it usually that day. Well, I always do. That day. For you and mine, it's not like I've got stacks of stuff that I just sit around and write and write and pull them out. That's what I was planning to do with the public, by the way. I already talked to Calvin about how to set up files at home where I didn't have to get for little a hangover on Sunday and write the damn thing. Because I would obligate myself that they were going to get written seven days a week. You know, no matter what. Like our meetings case okay, so none of you, you never send me a card and you never bribe. But, you know, I have never missed a meeting of us meeting when it was announced. Other than the last couple of years, a couple of times that I was in one of those big old buildings where, where you can't go to the bathroom by yourself. In other words, if I hadn't been tied down in a hospital bed, that was the only reason I've never been here. I was going to write things in advance, I'm getting somewhere with this, for the public. So I didn't have to get up every morning. You know, I got other things to do, and I, get, because I I do that before I leave the house or do anything. Plus, like I said, Sunday. That was enough. Because I started, if I remember, on Friday. It was fun on Friday, it was front on Saturday, nothing to do on Saturday. Just getting ready to party. Now I got up on Sunday. And I never feel good on Sunday on sunday thanks to you people and i had to write it so i was going to with the public i thought well it's not this you know it's not the same you people never asked me. as i said everything that i bring here and read i wrote that day i can't think of any exception really except sometimes one-liners that i may have already written and put up a stack but when i write something on the subject i do it just before i come here that day sometime so i thought well the public it doesn't matter and that hadn't worked. I can't do it. Every day it has to be whatever I think of. It's a time. Now, back to where I was. All that served a purpose, well, besides making me look good. I was going to say, "Has anybody got a mirror?" But I know the answer anyway. Well, see, making me look good's a figure of speech, anyway. I don't know why you got excited. Any explanation is as good as another. And yet when you're trying to do this, I speak for me, when you're trying to do this, that cannot be. But I have known that's one of those lines that hit me years ago, and as always, I'm sure you find it yourself, you can see things or they strike you and you know without any doubt that that is, I might as well chisel it on my heart, <coughs> that any explanation is good as another. But it was years. Everything continues to ripen. It was years before I understood it like I do now. It is literally true, and it's more than literally true. Literally true is one thing. It goes past that, and don't ask me what that is because there's no name for it. It's past literally true. Well, I know what it is. It's what's behind thought anyway, because all explanations are thoughts. There's no such thing as a non-mental explanation. There's no such thing as an instinctive explanation. You can show somebody something physically. If we were back in caveman's days and you uh, showed up with fire, whereas everybody else been having to make it over and over, even if we were talking about very shortly, just the early post-Adam days, to where consciousness was just getting started and there was not any useful language to speak of, you could physically show somebody something that the other cave people could point at the fire and made some kind of gestures real soon because surely the first caveman had to be Italian or Jewish one. Since if you didn't, if you couldn't talk, you had to be able to point at fire and be able to go, oh. For you know, a few people on tape, you can do it, you know, shoulders up. If you didn't have words, but what you wanted to, you know, you could put your little fingers like and point at the guy that just walked in. He had fire in his hands and he brought it with him. And the rest of you clowns, every time a fire goes out, every time you move. You know, the fire goes out, you leave it, and then you have to worry about trying to start another one if you've got enough sense to remember how you did it. And this guy walks in, and he had fire. So imagine, in gestures, everybody go, you know, what, what, what? And he could show them. But he could not explain it. There is no such thing as an explanation that is not thought-based totally. So, when I said that the idea... The line that I just gave you that any explanation is as good as any other explanation. And I said that was, first I said was literally true. It's past that. It's why. I'll say it for next time. I was going to where I was really going tonight. Several times a year. I'll stand here. You people on tape don't know it. And I'll be saying some, some little something in the crowd. You guys, I'll have enough of you that or caught up in something, and many times, or sometimes, I'll look over my shoulder. I think I'll save that for next time. we got people coming in from out of town anyway. It's looking over your shoulder. That's what's past anything being literally true. That's where I have taken the whole thing personally, of waking up. It's past the point of the experience. Past the point of being... As I said, I just pressed on, regardless of the fact that years ago, in fact, not all that long ago. But some years ago, I had already concluded that there's a point past which you can't get mentally. It's the experience, and there's different ways of looking at it and describing it and playing with it. But I had already accepted that it can't be understood, which is to say the mind can't understand itself. It's not that I didn't understand what the states were. But that the mind cannot understand itself because the state is nothing but a state of mind. Being awake is nothing but a different state of mind. Being enlightened, that's all it is. It's not anything spiritual. It's not any kind of gift. It's nothing weird. Well, it's weird because it's out of the ordinary. It is not the way the brain operates in people. Uh, To any noticeable degree, in the other six billion people on this planet, the brain never operates that way. And if you're inside, point out, I can see in people that periodically, just for a moment, it does happen in people's brain. But nobody notices. It's just like taking your breath, or you just. It's like a second of your life disappeared. It's meaningless, but I can see it happen to people. You can too. It's no great trick. It's just like people maybe are talking, and blah, 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 blah. And you see somebody just sort of look off, and maybe sometimes they'll sigh. Of, but you just see them go blank. I don't mean they look off and they're distracted. Or that there's something going on, that's a different thing. You know, let's say somebody's talking to you and you can tell that there's another story going on in their brain. That, they're, that mentally, their commentary regarding the subject of your conversation with them is somewhere else. You know, maybe there's something they don't want to tell you. But anyway, you can see that and then people many times will look off. That's very common. And they look off because their mind is really operating in a, is engaged in a different conversation or a variation of the one that you are actually overtly uh, involved with with them. But there's something else, and you've seen it all the time. Just nobody knows it. just momentarily that people look off, not distracted, and not that their, quote, mind is somewhere else. Their mind almost goes blank, just for a moment. And people just, they don't notice it. If it extended itself, it would be annoying. I'm not sure what they'd do because it, it won't extend itself. I've never seen... In other words, I've never seen anybody accidentally wake up. Never heard of it. Can't can't fathom the possibility of such a thing happening, which is what it would be in essence. But at any rate, the point is, it does not happen as any sort of regular rule in people's brains. <coughs> Although, as I said, I can see that it's not unknown to people, but no one finds it interesting. It's only a handful of us and even for years and years or a lifetime, most people never really know what they're doing. They just say, well, I'm, I want to achieve enlightenment. I know that's my destiny. I'm sure that's what I am after. And many people die with not complaining with their involvement. But they, they say when they die, there's plenty of records of them saying, well, I never achieved it. But by God, what, a, what fun it was. I wouldn't have missed the struggle. I would not have missed that trip for anything. And maybe I'll come back. And maybe I'll awaken in the next life. I'm not being sarcastic. There are plenty of records. And I I could have guessed it anyway. That people die. And they don't die cursing the gods. Like, well, damn it. I tried to awaken. I spent 50 years trying to awaken. And as far as I'm concerned, I never did. Screw this shit. (laughs) Now, people who are attracted to do it, it's sort of like an addiction. Mm -hmm. I assume all of you agree that it varies with the intensity. But people who are attracted to it, yeah, people who enjoy it, people who like to read me, people who like to listen to me. Even if they never even have the experience, if they die and say, "Well, I never woke up," you now of course throughout the years I've gotten plenty of letters, and I get email, and they're saying the same thing: "Like, boy, how much I enjoy it, but I don't have—I don't have any idea. I, ha- I don't have any notion that I'll ever wake up." I mean, people say, "Well, I tried. I studied for years. I was in India. I was in Tibet. I was here and there." And i just about given up, and I ran across you, and I God, it's fun. You inspire me, and it makes me, I feel like, damn, I should be doing more. I probably won't. I don't want to lie to you. But by God, I love it. Keep it up. you're sincerely. I understand that. Those kind of people will die, not mad, just resign the fact that, well, it was fun. It was a good run. It was more fun intellectually, more fun just in my head than I had anywhere else. If you go past, if you'll if you not accept such as that, that is when it comes into play that any explanation is as good as another. And as always, you know that I am not, this is not limited by any means to me talking to you. All that is is a springboard for me to bring this up. Now, that's the way it appears. And the kinds of people I'm talking about, those who never really come to any real grips with this. They die, and they they look at it as being something that was going on between them and somebody else. Them and some teacher, whether the teacher is alive or not, but them are some institutionalized version of the person that they were studying at some Zen monastery, where they believe that they're some Buddhist organization. They believe, well... To me, the person may say, I've read several things, I've been around, but to me, the words of Buddha. I can just take almost anything that recorded that he said, and to me, that speaks directly to my interest in awakening. Everything he says makes sense. It keeps me going. So, the kinds of people who never really get to the bottom of this, the ones that I've seen that, that on their deathbed, they're still not angry. They just say, well, I didn't, I didn't make it. As far as I'm concerned, I never woke up. I was never enlightened. I mean, I'd be ashamed to say I was. I've never said I was. I've always, I failed at it. I did not achieve awakening, but by God, this was, I'm glad I did it. I wouldn't take anything for it. To them, to such people, which constitutes 99% of mystics, to them, an explanation is, The only thing. Or it is of primary significance. Because what they feel is that if they heard the right explanation, they were not able to understand it. That they may, in fact, to go back to my example, they may say that they are convinced that right there in the words of Buddha, whatever is considered to be the real orthodox record of his real words, whatever it is, Two or three hundred pages, I don't know what. But the person on their deathbed could say, well, as far as I'm concerned, I have reread these words hundreds, thousands of times maybe, and I, I have no doubt that the explanation, the way to fully achieve enlightenment, I have no doubt, none, that it's right here. I just do not yet have the capacity to understand it. So, I will continue to read it. I will continue to ponder it. They do not understand that one explanation is as good as another, and you never understand it as long as you believe. As long as you still, and it's almost impossible not to, to believe that the explanation is outside of you. And you're not stupid, you're not wrong. Uh, I got over that pretty early, except it didn't do me any good for a long time because I, I was convinced. That nobody knew how to do this. Or nobody I could find. And even people I'd read about. That were alive. I could just read it and I thought that's not. It's not for me. It then fairly quickly. You know years. But it finally it really hit me. The explanation is not out there. Except it didn't do me good. Because I just still didn't know where it was. It wasn't automatic, I'm sure I had thought. Well, it must be me. Because I had read shit like that. You know, there have been plenty of people, thousands, well, hundreds of years ago, wrote that, or thousands of years ago. That said, you know, the kingdom of God's in you. The secret's in you. You know, Buddha mind is already there. Buddha mind is not with Buddha. But it still did not really hit me. So it was always a matter that there's an explanation lacking. I have not heard it. I have not read it. Where is it? Until you understand that any explanation is as good as any other, you'll never find it and you'll always feel like that you should find it. And I'm telling you, I know for a fact it's not anything idiocentric with you personally. And it's not stupidity. I know how thought works. And I know that if you believe that there's an explanation out, you know, if there's an explanation, i have to say outside of you, uh, ordinary, the mind thinks this way. If I said, "Well, there's an explanation for this. There's a full explanation as to what being asleep is and what being awake is and how to do it, or what it is." If I said that, and based on past experience, you would have no reason to doubt me, then what would you already be picturing? What would you already be thinking? You, you, you didn't plan it, but if I said there is an explanation, your thing is like, well, I want it. Which is to say, I don't have it. Which is to say, you know, it's somewhere. It is nowhere. Which is why I ignored your... Today, if you didn't get I was writing that sense about you believe it is some place or somewhere. I wanted to emphasize some where, Because if you think it is somewhere, if you think that an, one explanation is better than another, or that there is the explanation, I know how thought is. Then you think it is somewhere. I don't have to say else. It's somewhere. And your your mind says else. It adds it. And if pushed, your your thoughts could explain that and say, well... It has to be someplace else because if it was not someplace else it would be in me and if it was in me I would already know what it is and so I wouldn't be looking for it. So there. (laughs) When you understand that one explanation is as good as any other explanation you're then what I used to call that club you're then a member of of the YBA. You be awake. (laughs) Well our Y, B, S, S, you'd be seriously stirred up or or shaken. I always hate to say you'd be awake. You'd be in a state that you'd go, ooh, I like this. I'll put it that way. You know why? Because your thought processes would be so jumbled. That is, they would be so clarified. Clarified. That you'd realize, I don't know anything. And therefore, nobody knows anything. One explanation. Let me stick with that for the night. One explanation is as good as another. Is that not insane? That is so good. The more I talk to you people, it's like every day now, I'm tempted. The next day for the web page, especially when I get into ones I know would give people potential... Muscle cramps of the mind. <laughs> it is absolutely insane, is it not, on the surface, to say that one explanation for something is as good as another. Can anyone's ordinary thoughts, sitting there right now, can you take it any other way than metaphorically? It's is like trying to pull oil on water. It just bounces, it just won't go. One explanation for something is not as good as another. That defies the entire construct and organization of the human mind. And under any ordinary conditions, uh, it is impossible. It is insanity. But that's what being asleep is. Then, oh, wait a minute. There's got to be an explanation for what, for what happened here, somebody says. And six million other people, more or less, if they're paying attention, as this astoundingly large greek choir they would all go yes of course after that then it falls into the tower of bible they all disagree exactly what it is but they all agree well there's an explanation for what you describe the problems you're having in life or things you can't figure out and the person says there must be an explanation and six billion voices says there is and if he says well what is it then he hears more or less six billion <laughs> different explanations Who has the right one? Assuming that somebody, who has the right one? Who has the better one? There's no better one. If you're talking about matters of the secondary reality, which you've got to be, or you wouldn't be talking. As I said, you could show things in the primary reality, you couldn't explain them. Well, nobody would want them explained. If you couldn't talk, all the like to my example, all the, your fellow cave dwellers wanted was to know how to carry fire around. Like that scene, can you imagine? What if suddenly, for some strange reason, your consciousness jumped ahead two or three thousand years, and that you walked in with fire, and you're in the same level as they were, and the people went ooh ooh, and they begin to do the gestures like ooh, you know, trying to show walking and point the fire and then point way off and like then show. Trying to show our fire, we don't know how to move fire. How did you bring fire here and they could do all that? What if suddenly you got all that, suddenly the time machine in your brain, and you're conscious two or three thousand years ahead of them, and you suddenly and just there you stand, you're about to try and show them through gestures and you know how you do fire and but suddenly you became fully twentieth century conscious and you went well. All right. There's a process known as oxidation. <laughs> Does, is everyone familiar here? You know what oxidation is. Taken from the word oxygen. You know one of the one of the elements. I assume you get the point. No one there of human consciousness of two million years ago or twenty thousand years ago. They don't want an explanation. It doesn't do any good. They don't know what it means. An explanation is not what. Goes on or what is required or what is proper in the primary world so back to where i was i just said that any explanation of secondary affairs i just wanted to understand what i meant when i said that's the only thing you try to explain anyway when people try to explain people humans try to explain things in the primary world but look if i may be sarcastic look at the staggering success they have the primary one being death When I said that people only try to explain, give explanations for secondary affairs, generally that's true. I'm getting off where I was trying to point you toward. But all explanations, generally speaking, are explanations of things in the secondary world. Explaining why uh, Mahler is superior to Bruckner. Explaining why abstract expressionism is outdated. Explaining why French impressionistic Literature is superior to the German realism of the late 19th century. All that shit. Explaining why your opinion is better than somebody else's. Why your taste in political parties is superior. All those explanations are secondary affairs. People don't really try to explain, like I was saying about fire. People don't really involve themselves with explaining primary affairs. The one glaring exception I couldn't resist pointing out when I was saying, being sarcastic, say, sometimes the mind does try. I'll skip the sarcasm and just point to you what a mess it makes. That is, the mind tries to explain death and look. Look at the insanity. You know, one group says we're going to die and go to a place where there's naked women everywhere. Of course, every now and then women of that religion say, well, how about us? they have to shut them up and, you know, move them to the back of the mosque again. Keep them out of here. We don't need that kind of crap. But anyway, the whole thing about all the different versions of life after death and, you know, some places, what is it, you go into, you know, levels, you go into purgatory like you go into kitty hell or, you know, (laughs) what do they call it, training hell to see whether you qualify. (laughs) You know, you can pray people out of, you know, after death or you come back to life. You come back to life on this planet. You come back as a vegetable or an animal. The point is, pick out anyone you want to. And assuming you can get away from your own mental chatter and just listen to it again. There's a success (laughs) that human thought has if it does try to explain something in the primary world. As I said, that's really the only notable exception. The rest of the time, all explanations. Human conversation, literature, art, music. It's all about secondary matters. Because that's the only thing that lends itself to explanations. That's the only place an explanation. Nobody asks for an explanation about, you know, so we're not talking about for some specific scientific purpose. Nobody asks. Nobody goes into a restaurant. Nobody sits down and looks at a plate of food and go, well, now, wait a minute. I can't eat until somebody explains to me how I'm able to put this food in my body. And it breaks it down. And I get nourishment out of it. and I I don't understand this. I mean, you push your plate away and say, somebody's going to have to explain this to me before I can do it. Silly. People do not do that. The one exception is death. And so I was pointing out that that being the one time, the one notable time that human thought does take on the primary world. I mean, look at it as success and be thankful (laughs) that it doesn't attack more things. What if it started attacking? What if it did take on stuff like eating? We'd all be anorexic. <laughs> Half of it, most of us, be dead. You're waiting around for somebody to explain the process of digestion, which scientifically can be explained, at least at our level. But my God, you'd have to sit there and before you could eat, what would it take? A couple of courses of college level, you know, pre-med? <coughs> well, even if it's not that long, A week. Just be thankful the mind doesn't try to explain anything more than it does besides death. Because, as always, I'm always struck with the beautiful justice, the balance of it, because life lets us pick out the one thing that the nation doesn't matter, worth a rat's ass anyway. You can try to explain death any way you want to. It's not the same as trying to explain digestion. Somebody could get it wrong and it could do you some harm. But explaining death, just because your explanation sucks, so what? When I mean, you're dead, you're dead, it doesn't matter. The explanation doesn't have, doesn't have any bearing on you being dead or whether you're going to be dead. So as always, I am always impressed. I should send life a card instead of me picking on you and not sending me one. That every time it does something out of the ordinary, and I can see what's going on, that that's the one time that life allows men or drives men, and any way you want to look at it, for human thought to pick out something in the primary world and to attempt to explain it. The one time it does, it fails. I mean, it's just pitiful. I mean, what can be sillier? You know what I mean by now. There's not an attack on religion per se. Sure it is. But what could be <laughs> sillier than the explanations which is the heart of all religion that's their raison d'etre to explain death. And it's ridiculous. I don't know. What could be more ridiculous? If you tried to do something ridiculous, UFO and all that kind of shit, that's coming close. But nothing really matches explanations for death. Son, I'm glad you came here in time because I'll be glad to explain to you exactly what happens after you die i explain the possibilities. i explain what could happen, what will probably happen, what you can do about it now to affect it afterwards. And people sit and listen to this shit. And if you think about it, I, I challenge you. How could you think of anything sillier? Silly is not the word. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Nothing covers it. Did someone tell you? That's a good question that you asked me, boy. What happens after you die? Sit down. Because I'm here to tell you. I'm here to give you all the details. I'm going to fully explain to you in detail what happens after you die. And I'm going to explain in detail what you can do now to affect it. Now, I just see six billion little slack-jawed people, many of them with college education, going, all right. And they listen to it. That is what the human thought does when it takes on the primary world. When it takes on the primary world, and you can see that, what kind of success, this is not the point, but I can't resist, what kind of success do you expect to happen have in the secondary world, which doesn't even exist? That here it is, the one time it tries to give a, quote, explanation for something real, which is death. I mean, it doesn't get any realer than that, that's just my opinion, but if it turns out not to be true in your case, you'll be sure and come back and haunt me and tell me otherwise. <laughs> There's nothing any realer than death. So the one instance that human thought picks out to give an explanation for it, look what it does. That was my point. And now I'm saying, so what do you expect when it picks out a whole area the rest of the time? It's offering explanations for things that are not real. Art. Literature. The world of ideas. So any explanation you offer, yes, I'll be glad to explain to you exactly what it is to be asleep. Well, thank God I finally got the right place when your answer should be, well, wait a minute. I'm glad I found you, but first off, I'm sorry, first I've got I've got an appointment with my rabbi. i got to go talk to a priest, but as soon as we get that straightened out, I'll be right back and you can tell me, you can explain to me exactly what being asleep is. That should be your response. Yes, I'll explain what being deluded and asleep is. I'll be glad I'll explain it to you. I have charts. I have books. I have many writings here, my own and other people's. And I will give you a detailed explanation of how to escape this sorry state in which you find yourself. And I'll explain, give you a full explanation of how you can change and what it will be like. I'll also be glad to explain to you, in case you're from out of the country, how you can exchange the money you brought in for something I can use. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist that. Well, that's just to get the people primed since they've tried to weasel out and said they're going to go talk to a priest or a rabbi. It's just to get them in the mood anyway. Any explanation is good as another. If you don't think I approve that tonight, started out read one thing struck me that I'm not even sure I wrote this I'm not sure I don't know why I wrote it I don't know what the intent was but did it stop me no sir to my satisfaction this was a profitable evening I enjoyed it I did not explain whatsoever what I read to you the paper that I carried around for two days saved it especially for you I didn't write it up and I didn't use it in the daily news on the internet Saved it for you. Stood here and read it. Somewhat nine And yet I explained the fact that any explanation is good as another. If that wasn't true, how about let's pick on me since everybody likes to do that. If that was not true, and I know what I'm doing at all, then could we take, just start pulling out tapes, The transcripts you people did. No dates or anything. Well, you can give me a couple of challenges. Did you write this? And then then can you pick out the decade? And if I fake my way through those two, you could try this. You go, all right. Can you tell me why you wrote this? I went too far. I can always I I can always tell you that. uh, i didn't get around I was threatening but you can do it yourself the whole thing is your own thoughts where i was where i really got carried away when i was saying that people die and never understand what this is and even are but i'm still glad they did it what i was saying is because they ne- they still believe there's an explanation outside themselves that the explanation that there is one and they don't have it And so, therefore, it goes without saying. The mind cannot comprehend it otherwise. When I say that it's somewhere, the mind says to itself, yeah, I agree, it's somewhere else. It adds the else. All right. But now, most of you, in a good moment, you should be able to see clearly, if you hadn't already figured what I was going to say, that it's not a problem. It's not a situation. What I'm talking about does not come down in it to a meaningful point between you and me or between you and anything, between you and a book, between you and anything outside of your skin. What I found to be the final wrestling match. You know, Jacob may have wrestled down an angel of lesser consciousness way back. Hell, that wasn't that far after Adam became conscious. But there are new angels, devils, I always wanted to say that. Demons! To wrestle with. That is not wrestling with other people's explanations. You. Your own thoughts. Are offering you continual explanations. And you get a little awake. I'll put it crudely, simply. You get a little awake. And you begin to listen to them. As you should. I encourage it. I don't know any way around this. And you begin to listen to them at the expense of listening to anybody else. Or I insist you, you need to take it far enough, or you will, those of you who haven't, that you really, in essence, in pragmatic essence, you really only listen to yourself. You've got to reach the stage that anything outside of you is lesser. I mean, it's not even worth considering. Compared to what? Of course, by then, you understand a great deal to make it crude again. But you only listen to you. But I'm saying if you stop there, you'll be sorry. No, you won't because you won't know any better. You should be sorry because you'll have missed out. Because you shouldn't be listening to your own thoughts. That's what keeps you asleep. Now, I don't even like saying that. That's what keeps you in the habit. Yes, but I'm slowly working my way through it. I'm, I know it. I know it. And if it gives you any encouragement, I don't. I hate to write, but I probably work through it faster than you did. I've been at it longer. But anyway, I believe that I work it through it faster than most people. And I'm telling you, that's still not good enough. But even when I say that, aren't you? You sit there and you feel kind of stuck like, well, all right. Even if I accept that, what tell, where do I go from here? But notice, if that was what was going in your mind, where would I go from here? That sounds like a reasonable question. Fuck like a reasonable question. What the hell does that mean? Well, all right, if you're correct, then that kind of puts me... Talk about being nine plus I'm kind of stuck out here. I don't know what to do. If I, if I really tried to take into consideration what you just said about any explanation is as good as any other, and that ultimately the one that you shouldn't be listening to, to offering any explanation is your own thinking... Alright, well, if I assume that's true, you know, damn, I'm just staying here kind of in a daze, what I do now. Which sounds reasonable, right? Except for this. What the hell was that you just went through that I just did? That was you listening to your explanation of what I just described and the way it hit you and the position you're in now. But by God to me it sounded sincere. It sounded insightful but certainly rational, like, well, see, this is your thoughts going on. What if what you described that one explanation is good as another and that the ultimate problem is believing that my own thinking is offering better explanations than everybody else's and that I'm making progress following my own mental designs, my own thoughts? And you say, not so. That's the ultimate booger bear. That's the ultimate barrier. And then you stopped. And so now I'm thinking, well... You know, you've never lied, it's always, but damn, if that's true, then, I mean, shit, what do you do after that? Now, that's of me doing your thinking. Now, I say to you, what the hell was that? <laughs> there it is, you're explaining to yourself how it is that you can't deal with the fact, even if you try to believe it that well, one explanation is good as another. And so you explain to yourself that, well, I can't handle that. Well, I guess we explained that away. So that's the problem. Even with your own explanations, or especially, is because you make it and you do it in the privacy of your own head, especially. You know, I take all of you, in a sense, to be you know, geniuses. That you, you know, you know why I'm talking about, more or less. And so you listen to yourself and, and you know. You know how many things that you have seen and understood that you would have never gotten anywhere in life. It's past that point. I give all of you credit. You don't feel superior. You don't feel better than everybody else because you know all this is unnecessary anyway. But you know that you have the abilities constantly. That somebody can bring up a subject. You can read about something you never heard about. And it's very likely you can just read about it or hear somebody talk about it for 20 seconds. And you understand it better than the experts do. But there stands a group of people and they announced beforehand that they have spent 20 years working on this and continue to work on it and they have a full staff They have a grant at some university, and you hear them talk about the problem they're working on, and you see it more clearly just in several seconds as soon as they start talking about it. So there is, in a sense, the danger because it's true. And I say you've got to get to that point. But then you end up there. And I'm insisting, unless you won't miss all the fun, you've got to go past that. And it's not that what you're doing is wrong. It's not that you don't have the ability and are seeing things better than everybody else. But I'm telling you, I was looking over my shoulder for you people I don't take. I'm telling you there's something else going on. Okay, you want to put it to you this way? There's something else you need to see, but it's not something that's going on. All right, does everybody, I'll leave it at this. All of you can comprehend that, that... Nothing going on can be something going on, don't you? Can all of you understand a vacuum to be something going on? An absolute empty, vacuous space is something going on? I rest my explanation. So I told you more than I meant to. I was going to say that. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at JanCox.com, where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest, or just leave us a message.